Good morning, everyone. It's a blessing to be um, sharing with you the message of this morning in regards to the second angel's message. Um, we are so thankful with the Lord for providing us this means as we can share the message through the media to our brethren that due to the difficulties can be present in our camp meeting. Let's turn our Bibles to Revelation chapter 14, verse 8. And let's read the second angel message. In a brief quote, the Apostle John wrote, it says, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, the great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. It's interesting that we are given this message in a nutshell, but it's a message so meaningful for our understanding and our religious experience that we need to pay attention, we need to study it carefully and keep up with this message. Um, it's a wonderful denunciation, it's a heavenly denunciation that the angel reveals to John and is applied to our, day, our di days in this time. So um, one thing I would like to point out is to understand what Babylon means, what the angel had in mind as, she, as he was stating this denunciation. It's interesting that in Revelation 17 verse 5, the same Babylon is mentioning is mentioned with the word mystery. Revelation 17.5 says, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Here, the word Babylon is uh, attached together to the word mother. As we saw in, the, in Revelation 14.8, the word Babylon is linked together with a city. So there, there will be a few things here that we will have to understand. So in Revelation 17.5, Babylon is considered the mother of harlots, which means that it is also linked with a symbol of a woman. In Great Controversy, page 381, we learn that Babylon is derived from Babel and signifies confusion. It is employed in scripture to designate the various forms of false and apostate religion. Um, and in the Bible, the symbol of a woman is used to illustrate the relationship between God and his church. In Great Controversy, the same page, 381, we continue reading that the sacred and enduring character of the relations that exists between Christ and his church is represented by the union of marriage. The Lord has joined his people to himself by a solemn covenant. He promising to be their God and they pledging themselves to be his and his alone. In Hosea 
chapter 2, verse 19, the Lord stated to, in relation to Israel, which was his church, I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. It's interesting the relationship, the relationship God wanted to have with his church, with Israel. And he illustrated with the marriage covenant. But there was only one way Israel could maintain that relationship with God. It was in righteousness, in judgment, in loving kindness and mercies. There was no other way for him to be in a, in a relationship with his church. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 14, the Lord also stated, I am married unto you. So this is the way the Lord sees his relationship with his people in this earth. And this illustration is brought into the New Testament by Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. He says, For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So the relationship of the Christian church is also illustrated by the marriage relationship with Christ. Uh, that means that there is something that is illustrating us the relationship of God's church with his God in regards to the illustration of Babylon, the term Babylon that we need to explain. In, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the church of Christ at the beginning is considered and always will be considered the faithful ones that really belong to the church of God. They will be considered a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people. This was the experience of the early church in the early days of Christendom, in the day of Christ and his apostles. But now we have a question. How is it then that it became a Babylon? What happened? Um, we notice that the apostles were concerned in this regard. Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, he wrote to us, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, the second coming of Christ, shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So, Apostle Paul was foretelling us that that faithful church they were working with will fall away. And after that falling away, we'll, we could look for the second coming of Christ. And that falling away is linked by Apostle Paul here with the revealing of the son of perdition, of the man of sin, which later we will learn that it became the papacy. Great Controversy. In the book of Great Controversy, page 49, we read that the Apostle Paul in this letter to the Thessalonians foretold the great apostasy which will result in the establishment of the papal power. Even at that, at that early date, he saw 
creeping into the church errors that would prepare the way for the development of the papacy. Little by little, at first in stealth and silence, and then more openly, as it increased in strength and gained control of the mind of men, the mystery of iniquity carried forward its deceptive and blasphemous work. So we see how the church was corrupting, becoming so corrupt, giving way to the mystery of iniquity, to the man of sin. It continues saying that almost imperceptibly, the customs of hedonism found their way into the Christian church. Christianity entered the court of palaces of kings and laid aside the humble simplicity of Christ and his apostles for the pomp and pride of pagan priests and rulers. And in place of the requirements of God, the church substituted human theories and traditions. And that's what we got nowadays from that experience, from those days. In the page 443 of Great Controversy, we continue reading that when the early church became corrupted by departing from the simplicity of the gospel and accepting hidden rites and customs, she lost the spirit and power of God. And in order to control the consciences of the people, she sought the support of the secular power. So she married together with the states everywhere. The result of that was the papacy and church, a church that controlled the power of the state and employed it to further her own ends. What amazing thing, what a revelation we have of how the church committed fornication. And this fornication eventually will bring forth a result, a wine of her fornication that we will talk about later. In Great Controversy 381, we read that the unfaithfulness of the Church of Christ in permitting her confidence and affection to be turned from Christ and allowing the love of worldly things to occupy the soul is likened to the violation of the marriage vow. So, when the church joins the worldliness and seek the power, the use of the power, of civil power, to implement its ends, its, its uh, dogmas, then it was a violation of the marriage vow with Christ. She departed from Christ and married to the kings of the earth. But in the Bible, we always, the early church always had that uh, principle outlined. In James 4, verse 4, the apostle James stated, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So the church was not acting this way because they were ignoring the principles. They, they knew the principles. Nonetheless, they saw, they went after the power, after the, the controlling power of the minds. 
In Revelation 17 verse 2, therefore, the church is accused of having committed fornication with the kings. Let's read the verse. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. Revelation 17.2. So the church is accused of having committed fornication with the inhabitants of the earth, with the king of the earth. Rome, corrupting herself in like manner by seeking the support of worldly powers, receive such a condemnation according to Great Controversy 382. Now, we have a question here, brethren, because so far we have proven that the, the early church fell from Christ and sought the, the favor of the kingdom, of the rulers of his time, and it became a Babylon. But why is this message, this second angel message given to us to be preached, to be outlined before the people at the end of time, actually in the last days. It was because the daughters of Babylon. Since this message follows the warning of the judgment, it must be given in the last days. Therefore, it cannot refer to the Roman church alone. For that church has been in a fallen condition for many centuries. Therefore, the message is repeated, is given to the last generation in the, in the last days. Revelation 14, 8 states, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, the great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This Denunciation is given to us right after the message of the judgment in the first angel's message. Therefore, we need to see the fulfillment of this denunciation in these last days, right after the preaching of the first angel's message, and right after the entrance of Jesus Christ into the most holy place to finish his work in behalf of the sinners. In Great Controversy, page 382, it stated that Babylon is said to be the mother of harlots, as we read in Revelation 17, verse 5. But by her daughters must be symbolized churches that cling to her doctrines and traditions. Churches modern churches that cling to the doctrines and tradition of Babylon, of the Roman church, and follow her example of sacrificing the truth and the approval of God in order to form an unlawful alliance with the world. So, brethren, this denunciation is given due to the corruption of those Reformed churches that came out from the Roman church in the, uh, in the Dark Ages. Those Reformation movements that came, but sadly, they after follow the example of Rome. The message of Revelation 14 announcing the fall of Babylon must apply to religious bodies that were our once pure, 
and have become corrupt. At the time of their rise, these churches took a noble stand of God for God and the truth, and His blessing was with them. But they fell by the same desire which was the curse and ruin of Israel, the desire of imitating the practices and courting the friendship of the ungodly. Thou distrust in thy own beauty and playest the harlot because of thy renown, said the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 16, verse 14. Many of the Protestant churches are following Rome's example of iniquitous connection with the kings of the earth, the state churches, by the relation to secular governments and other denominations by seeking the favor of the world. So we see here two connections that churches are making. Connections with the secular uh, governments and connections with other denominations. That movement, we call it the uh, movement of ecumenical relationships. And the term Babylon, which means confusion, may be appropriately applied to these bodies that are seeking the government relationship and all the denominations relationships. All these churches professing to derive their doctrines from the Bible, yet divided into almost innumerable sects with widely conflicting creeds and theories. Because the doctrine they uphold, in fact, are the same doctrines that were upheld by the Romanism. In Great Controversy 384, we continue reading, what was the origin of the great apostasy? How did the church first depart from the simplicity of the gospel? It, it answered the question, by conforming to the practices of paganism to facilitate the acceptance of Christianity by the heathen. To secure converts, the exalted standard of the Christian faith was lowered. And as a result, a pagan flood flowing into the church carried with it, with it its customs, its practices, and idols. Has not the same process been repeated in nearly every church calling itself Protestant? Yeah, the same fact has been taking place a long time ago. They have been seeking the, to be near to the world and have the favor of the governments and also defending those doctrines that are unbiblical. As the founders, those who possess the true spirit of reform passed away. Their descendants came forward and new modeled the cause. So we have more flexible churches nowadays. And these churches are considered, are denunciated in the second angel's message as Babylon, a new fall of Babylon. While these leaders, these Christian leaders, blindly clinging to the creed of their fathers and refusing to accept any truth in advance of what they saw, these, these children of the reformers depart widely 
from their example of humility, self-denial, and renunciation of the world. Thus, their first simplicity disappears. A worldly flood flowing into the church carries with its customs, practices, and idols. This mentality, these actions have been corrupt in the churches since then. And things are becoming worse and worse because not only they are corrupting the churches, but also rejecting the messages that will reprove their actions. In Great Controversy, page 385, we read, that, Alas, to what a fearful extent is that friendship of the world, which is enmity with God, now cherished among the professed followers of Christ. How widely have the popular churches throughout Christendom departed from the Bible standard of humility, self-denial, simplicity, and godliness. A profession of religion has become popular with the world. Rulers, politicians, lawyers, doctors, merchants join the church as a means of securing the respect and confidence of society and advancing their own world interest. The various religious bodies, reinforced by the wealth and influence of these baptized worldlings, make a still higher bid for popularity and patronage. So, worldliness has invaded these churches. Therefore, the angel is denunciating these corruptions. But not only for that. There is still a stronger reason for this denunciation to be given. Babylon is falling, is falling because of so, some other stronger issues. Because to be a sinner, still there is hope. Jesus can, can um, reach out to us. But when we reject the message, when we reject the messengers and we reject the reproving of our sins, there is nothing, almost nothing left to help us. Let's see what happened when the first angel message was delivered to these churches. This uh, Babylon is charged with the sin of giving, of making all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This cup of intoxication which she presents to the world represents the false doctrines that she has accepted as the result of her unlawful connections with the great ones of the earth. Friendship with the world corrupts her faith. And in her turn, she exerts a corrupting influence upon the world by teaching doctrines which are opposed to the plainest statements of holy writ. So there are so many false, false doctrines being taught as biblical, but that can be proven from the Bible. And that is the intoxicating cup, the intoxicating wine of Babylon, the result of the unlawful relationship between the church or the churches and the kingdoms of this earth. The wine of Babylon 
is the exalting of the false and spirit Sabbath about the Sabbath which the Lord Jehovah hath blessed and sanctified for the use of man. Also, it is the immortality of the soul. This kindred heresies and the rejection of the truth convert the church into Babylon. So whatever church is rejecting the biblical truth, is rejecting the, the, the biblical Sabbath, and rejecting the biblical doctrine on the, st the state of the dead, these churches are becoming Babylon or are withhold in the Bible as part of Babylon and also denunciated as fallen. Protestant world has taken this child of the papacy to be regarded as sacred. In the word of God, this is called her fornication. And God has a controversy with the churches today because of this falsehood, this, all these doctrines that are unbiblical. And notice why more the denunciation is given. In Great Controversy 389, we read, when faithful teachers expound the word of God to these churches or to, to any soul that belongs to these churches, there arise men of learning, ministers professing to understand the scriptures, who denounce sound doctrine as heresy, and thus turn away inquirers after truth, were it not that the word of is hopelessly intoxicated with the wine of Babylon. Multitudes will be convicted and converted by the plain, cutting truth of the word of God. But religious faith appears so confused and discordant that the people know not what to believe as truth. The sin of the world in penitence lies at the door of the churches. Brethren, it's because these churches have been teaching false doctrines that the people is so confused that no longer are able to discern what is truth and what is a lie. So, therefore, the angel denunciated, denunciated these churches as fallen because they are working for Satan. They are turning souls from the truth to error. In early writings 237, we read, as the churches refused to receive the first angel's message, they rejected, they rejected the light from heaven and fell from the favor of God. They trusted their own strength and by opposing the first message, placed themselves where they could not see the light of the second angel's message. But the beloved of God, who were oppressed, accepted the message, Babylon is falling and left those churches. Therefore, a new movement began, and we call it an Adventist movement, keeping the Ten Commandments of God and having the faith of Jesus. In Great Controversy 390, we continue reading, Notwithstanding the spiritual darkness and alienation from God that exists in the churches, which, which constitute Babylon, the great body of Christ's true followers are still to be found in their communion. So this message of the second angel is so needed. The churches need to listen. The people need to listen to this message because 
there are a lot of faithful followers of Christ there that needs to understand how Babylon has fallen, how dangerous to be to have communion with it. There are many of these who have never seen the special truth for this time. Not a few are dissatisfied with their present condition and are longing to clear light. They look in vain for the image of Christ in the churches which they are connected. As these bodies depart farther and farther from truth and ally themselves more closely with the world, the difference between the two classes, the true followers of Christ and the false followers of Christ, the difference between these two classes will widen and it will finally result in separation. So the second angel message is a message of separation. It is intended to separate the true followers of Christ but that are still deceived and having communion with the churches that, that comprise Babylon and from, separate them from those that don't want to see the light. The time will come when those who love God supremely can no longer remain in connection with such as are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So we pray, brethren, that the Lord may enlighten our minds, our hearts, that we may not only see the light in the second angel's message, but also take a stand in the sight of the Lord to follow His truth, His message, to follow these revelations in this wonderful Word of God. May God bless us. Amen.